Was that the sound I'll of give a... give you something to cry about. Or they call that the blocks when you hit the little... Was that what you made with your tongue? Well, I was just thinking if we were... Yeah, if the mic was hot. Oh, I you were no just idea. testing the mic. Yep, I was doing a test. So you ruined the take. All right, let's start it again. Ooh, that's a, that's a hard sound in the headphones. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everyone, this the is... The tongue, tongue click. This is Like Trees Walk. That means you can speak some of those uh, those click languages. Osa. Those are, aren't there? Gosh, I mean, like that's, in the I was in South Africa. Back of your throat, though. Or they're is very that sound? yeah, yes, yeah. They're no. There's that sound that I just did was terrible. I'm sure there's. We have a large Gosa uh, speaking audience. I'm sure, and they're just right now tearing their hairs. Out yeah, you totally like, mispronounced it. Your accent is terrible. Um, I, I went to, but I went to South Africa, and uh, you know, heard people speaking. I'm not going to do it again, Gosa, as I will call it. Uh, and it was. I mean, it's a marvel. That's it's, it's so, just so foreign yeah, to us. Yeah, it's 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 the world is strange, and and that is one of them, one of those instances. And uh, you know, the gods must be crazy. That's what I was associating. Oh, that right, with too. Right. You know, yes, I'm uh, I'm currently learning a language. I'm learning French. Ah, and that is in the. Oui, bien sûr. Sure. Super yeah. cool. <laughs> okay, that's French. Um, but that's in the first tier of the rankings of uh, languages for Americans. Yeah. You know, you're French, you're German, German, Italian. You can you can pick these up. Uh, you know, if you worked at it, they say Spanish. They say yeah. um, ten hours a day. You'd have it in two months. Really? You could speak. I'm not doing That's ten a hours, lot a day. Of hours a day. That's a lot, and and you'd have to you'd have to also <laughs> I don't have do to have for ten hours native speaker kind of mm-hmm. guiding you through. But when they cram for people like you're now a foreign agent, here's your. Intensive course now. Are you, you uh, becoming French. a CIA asset for? Shh, quiet. Once, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Julia Child. And once we lost her, has a, she was a spy. You know, she was. Yes. So once we lost her, then we needed another. So where did who did she spy on? Where did she spy? I believe she spied for the British, the OSA. Is that the precursor to the or whatever? I don't know. M. Was she was like a double a double she O? Was. She has killed so many. No. I don't. I don't know. She was just. Did she spy in the United States for no? Governor? She spied in France ah, for the in yes. in like in World War. Two. I didn't read her biography. Okay. I don't know. That's about. <laughs> but this is all, a fact. This is a fact. Um, well, I and I, you know, little known fact about me, Mike. I took so many years of French in school. Did you? Yes. And when I went to college, there was a language requirement. University of Minnesota. Plug your ears right now. And I wanted. <laughs> I should have tested into like French three and or four in college, but I. Tanked it. You didn't. What did you? I went back to French one. Wow, c'est vrai. C'est vrai. C'est vrai. C'est vrai. C'est vrai. C'est vrai. Oui, oui, c'est vrai. Oh yeah, vraiment. Yeah, true. Truly. Really. Yep. So I, um, yeah. So I took. I started in French one, and it was the easiest. I mean, the only bummer was just five days a week. So like, I could have gotten myself out of a five credit class. You know, and opened up a day of my life for probably two, you know, a full school year. But it was very easy. How is your French now? My teacher was, it's horrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. We've started this, pod, this podcast. We're like 15 minutes into the podcast. Completely off the rails. This is a podcast where we talk about my, the big My teacher was very life. skeptical, though. She was like, did you take this before? And oh, I had to just build up. It was lies. Oh, a house of lies from Pastor Dave. <laughs> Uh, this is the podcast. I'm Michael J. Nelson. He is Pastor Dave Berge. This is the podcast where we talk about the big issues of life. Uh, life, death, morality, meaning, lack of meaning, um, atheism. Man's search for meaning. 
man's search for meaning. Man's uh, inhumanity to man, as you like to say. The decent and the indecent. Um, uh, sacred and profane. Yes. Um, th- we do it from a Christian perspective, but we welcome all points of view to listen and sort of, you know, mu- uh, um, mull the yeah. same things that we mull. Think about it. Mull over it like mulling spices that you put in, your in a nice cider. Yeah, gosh, in a delicious. My, my wife makes delicious mulled wine. She mulls it. Just mulls it. Just mulls it all together. You know what they used to go on another rabbit trail? Please. What they used to do is traditionally is have a, a hot poker in the fire. You're all out. You're fixing your you know horse's uh, harness and everything, and you you get out that cider and you mull it. You pour it in there, and then you take that hot poker. And you just put it in the cider, and it heats it up nice, but it adds this, like, like uh, you know, caramelized sure. thing. So apparently that's supposed to be delicious. Let's Traditional do it. Let's cider. do it. Anyway, uh, so we have a big topic for today. Huge. We also have a uh, – I'm going to quiz the pastor on something that is relevant to today's topic as well. So wow. this is uh, a lot going on on today's uh, Like Trees Walking and uh, let's get right to it. This always sparks a good discussion. It's, yeah, this uh, is this is one you can, folks. This is one you can take home. You can take to the dinner table. Uh, you know, take to the next cocktail yes. party. Because uh, this this question will tell you a lot about a person. I think tell you about their values. It'll maybe tell uh, about worldview, philosophy. There's a lot in this question. It's a pretty simple one. Who are your heroes? Pastor, oh, Pastor Dave? Or, more pointedly, who is your hero? Well, can you... You can have, have more than one hero. You can have more course. than one. You can but have more I, than one. I'm only going to name one. You're going to do... I'm going to name one. <sighs> okay. We'll see with what a, With a full confession that I sent you this a topic and said, hey, I've got this uh, topic that's great. I've... <laughs> Who's your hero? Because I have one that's really going to surprise oh, you. Like it's really... Yeah, so I'm, of course, excited. And that's intriguing. And guess what? I, <laughs> Mike completely uh, I forgot. completely forgot who I was talking about. It was so long ago. Some here, it was like a month and a half ago that you sent me this email. And I didn't write it down. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I'm not going to give you one that's going to surprise you. So much. But it's it's going to be a surprise. Yeah, you're like, you'll never, you'll never guess who it is. So you want me to go first? You want to go first? I can go first. Go first. Okay, yeah. I'll go first. Who is who's your my hero? hero? And so when I thought, this was a great, this was a great question. It made me sit down and think. Um, and so, uh, and we, we kind of ruled out like there are some ground rules or whatever. Uh, I mean, I think a common one, you know, if I was writing the school essay, maybe back in the day, I would, you know, say my dad is my hero. And I do, I love my father deeply. And he is a, uh, just a, a extremely decent man. I mean, and, you know, yeah. d- people can say, oh, that's decent. Like that means like it's not very good, but no, like exudes decency. Just decency. My gosh. Which takes a lot. That's I, I always. That's one of the things in thinking about it is there's probably there's heroes out there who you're never going to know because of the battles that they fight and they do it without saying I'm a hero or yeah. being flashy. So there's you know obviously with that caveat there's tons of heroes who are not going to be touching on here. So yeah. So so, so uh, you know leaving aside someone like my dad who is yeah who I deeply respect and admire and aspire to be like. Um, which, you know, I think gets into that definition of what's, what constitutes a hero? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, what makes a hero for, for you? Um, and I think that a hero would be someone who kind of, for me, when I think about this question, lives, like I aspire to, I do aspire to be like them. I deeply admire what they have done out in, in the world, the impact, um, that they have made. And, and that's something that I, uh, 
respect and admire and, and want would want to live out myself as well. So uh, yeah, there's like an aspirational quality to heroes, a respect, um, a sense that they've accomplished um, accomplished things. So I mean, to me, I don't know if that captures kind of a de- where I'm coming from definitionally when I'm thinking about a hero. Yeah, I think that's pretty, yes. That's okay. the broad and general strokes. And then I would say the other things that you, we would do this with our kids if you have questions like this, you know, like obviously... The Apostle Paul, you know, is a Peter is a hero. John, um, uh, you know, those the, the Lord Himself is, yes, a, is a hero. Let's uh, leave those aside because you know, let's let's go a little deeper. So yeah. that's I assume that you're going along. I'm those not. Rules yeah, I'm not well. going Bible character. I'm not right, going. Okay. Sun, I'm not going Sunday school. Though these are great heroes. These are great heroes of the faith. Of course. Yes. Of course. Of course. Okay. So, so and this person for me is. Uh, I mean, yeah, it could be a historical figure. It could be you know contemporaneous. I chose someone. Uh, uh, contem- contemporaneously. Okay. Uh, and my hero that I chose is, uh, yeah, because, you know, I could go back in history and name like G.K. Chesterton or something. I was going to say, ch- I assume Chesterton's, Chesterton's off, the, off Chesterton's the- off the table. Yes. All right. He's been removed from the table. Right. Um, he, I mean, but he's a hero. To, I mean, he is, he's a hero. If I were to pick, you know, I could name him, but someone who I feel like I kind of even, uh, have a better grasp of what he's doing in the world and his impact. Uh, none other than, uh, Pastor Timothy Keller of Redeemer Presbyterian oh, wow. Church in New okay. York City. So uh, the reason that Tim Keller is my hero um, is that, you know, it, it, we're in the same profession. And mm-hmm. so, uh, like, you know, here's a fellow pastor. So as I, like, think of myself in my own vocation, uh, that this is someone who is, I mean, he's a hero of mine, one, because he's risen, I mean, very, you know, very modest start to his church in New York City in the late, you know, 19... 19- 90s or, or i mean not late 1990s but late 1980s you know move there probably 50 75 people to start this you know little church and it's grown to uh, you know even have a global reach and a global movement but but you know uh tim uh has never like he's a man of integrity so like he has not uh brought a scandal <laughs> upon his church or his name or his family you know um he's you know from everything i understand um has been a man of integrity and that's not something that you can say even about other people who, like, I respect or have been influential to me. You know, it's all too common for uh, pastors who rise to prominence to, like, have a fall from grace. You know? Very common. Very, very Sadly common. Sadly so. Yep. Sadly, yeah. So, so uh, Tim has not had that. Uh, so, you know, I admire just his character. Um, I admire his his temperament. So, you know, here he is, he's planting a church and, and, you know, I grew up in uh, PCUSA. So, you know, Tim is PCA, the Presbyterian Church America, which is more uh, conservative um, than what I grew up in. So, you know, from my background, he should be sort of the wrong kind of Presbyterian. Uh, You know, I put this in in quotes, like, um, I I hate that kind of stuff, honestly. Uh, And, you know, so, so here he is, uh, because we're on the same team, even though they're not the same denomination. Um, You know, we're, we're trying to advocate for Christ and Christian faith in a skeptical world, you know, a world that is is increasingly, it seems, skeptical of the claims that Christians uh, make about uh, God and Jesus and Scripture and the Christian life. And so here Tim Keller is in, you know, New York City, Manhattan, a very skeptical place, um, and he is winsomely, you know, advocating for, I think, a very, um, and I don't mean this pejoratively, like a very vanilla expression of the Christian faith, you know? Well, that is how, how are you going to spin that? Is because not vanilla pejorative. is delicious. That is true. Vanilla, like a good, and that's the thing is like vanilla has become like generic ice cream because it's just so good. Like it's it's a great 
flavor. Yeah, it should be that vanilla is the standard bearer. Yeah, van- the, yeah vanilla bears the standard. Exactly. Because, uh, we were talking about this the other day. Vanilla, I believe, has the most, like, whatever, those polyphenol compounds. Oh, yeah. It has. It's so complex. It has so many flavors in it, more than any yes. other. They've identified just, like, thousands of... Of essences in it. So, yes, vanilla rocks. Vanilla does <laughs> vanilla does rock. So, you know, and, and so it's like he's taken something, uh, the Christian message, uh, and he has, you know, planted this church in Manhattan. Um, and he has become, I think, really a, uh, like a, like a kind of an ecumenical influential figure, though he represents this one strand of Presbyterianism that is not, uh, mine. Uh, like he has just been a really winsome advocate for gospel, for the gospel and for Christ in a place where we wouldn't think that that's possible. And he has not fallen prey to kind of, you know, being a, uh, a culture warrior in, in the worst possible sense. He, he has his principles and his scruples and he advocates for them, but he's a happy, He's a happy warrior, and in, in that sense, I think he shares that with Chesterton, too, um, where, where you know, he's willing to enter into the fray and, and into the arena, uh, but he's not doing so in, in such a way where, you know, his, his goal is for the truth uh, to prevail, not for himself or for, you know, just his partisans, you know, and so so there's someone who, you know, that kind of posture in engaging where, in engaging in intellectual disputation or argumentation where it's like they're not just you know some people go in there and they try to scorch the earth and win and not just you know have their argument win but like beat you down there's that type of person his is a little more of a is it fair to compare him to a fred rogers yes yes where there's just this universal appeal but he's, he's very got, avuncular you know yes but he's there's something inside of him he knows his mission well this i'm speaking of fred rogers yeah. and i assume this he has this in common mm-hmm. with Timothy Keller is that uh, through it all, he's got this clear-eyed, I know what I'm doing. Uh, people are laughing at me or whatever. I don't care. I'm seen as too plain, too vanilla. Yeah. Don't care. This is my mission and just does it and day he, after day. Yep. And, and he wants people to... Um, he wants people to know Jesus. And I mean, his, you know, I've listened to a lot of TK servants and, and he's been influential on me just in terms of how to like structure my communication, um, as a preacher. So he's a hero to me in that way. And then I think he is just a really, I mean, he's just a great preacher. Like I love to listen to him and, and, and I've learned, uh, you know, a lot more from him, um, than I have from any other preacher. And I'm not someone who grew up like listening to <laughs> sermons, even when I was like in college and stuff, I wasn't going on the interweb some people i know really get into you know listening to a lots of other people that's not me i've always actually had a really hard time doing that because i'm really oh yeah I, not that i'm critical i'm just worried about them like i for a long time had a huge like like oh my gosh i'm they're going to influence me too much that i'll like, oh, yeah. copy them yeah i got over that like like and tk's preaching style is it's like a three-point sermon basically mm-hmm. which again you know at one point in my life i was probably like a culture despiser of that you know that's too simple that's too basic but it's like, no, that actually helps people follow an argument. Oh, my gosh. Here he's calling right now. You've Tim. been asked to come to. And, you know, when Tim, so like, and, you know, so here he has, I think, had a very, like, low-key, but important and influential um, presence in New York City and now on the global Christian stage. Uh, I deeply respect him for for trying to plant churches, you know, now across the world. I respect him for, you know, he's worked with church plants that were not of his same denomination, um, to get those started. So um, I have a lot of respect for the influence he's had in that way. Uh, the generosity with his time, trying not to also build a cult of personality around himself, you know, so he wouldn't like, they wouldn't say where he was going to preach, like when he was preaching at one of the Redeemer campuses 
in New York City. And so really working hard to not fall into the trap of all the, the, the various things that it's easy to do as a, as a, you know, when you become a Christian leader or thought leader or influencer, all that other garbage. And then I think too, you know, he's like written these books, the reason for God, you know, these are things that you can hand, um, you know, you can hand to a skeptical person or a person with questions that are really well reasoned and argued and even handed. So it's a tool, it's a gift that he's given to the church in that way. Uh, you know, you see Justin, Justin Bieber carrying around and his wife, the meaning for marriage book. So you just think of like this normie pastor with these very normie arguments, like, or, or positions, like having an influence upon these, you know, cultural icons. And you just think, well, that's like really, that's, there's something very wholesome yeah. about that, that I admire. And I think too, like when he's, you know, he spoke at my seminary uh, and was treated uh, shamefully by Princeton Theological Seminary, I don't mind saying. And uh, just because he was going to get like a Abraham Kuyper award and Kuyper was this Dutch um, statesman, really, I think he was the first prime minister of the Netherlands. And Kuyper was reformed, um, but, but spoke, uh, in terms of like one's Christian life as being lived out in these various spheres. So saying, you know, being a Christian, look at these spheres, economics, politics, education, religion, like, you know, Christian faith should express itself and have influence in these various spheres of life. And so Kuyper is, um, he's a brilliant man and synonymous with kind of cultural engagement, uh, in, especially in reformed circles of Christianity. And this is a prize that the seminary had given to people like John Lewis, um, the representative from uh, Georgia, who was, right. you know, a pioneer in civil rights. And so you talk about, you know, public theology, um, and it's like, <laughs> and it's cultural influence. It's hard to get in America, at least bigger than the, you know, civil rights movement of the 1950s right. and 1960s in terms of, like that's important, and uh, like they also had given it to Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, you know the the chief rabbi I think within Orthodox uh, Judaism in uh, in uh, in Great Britain. Now, like I'm not an Orthodox Jew uh, mm-hmm. at all, uh, but uh, not at all. I mean, <laughs> I don't think any like I would not be you know I I, I wouldn't meet anyone's definition of an Orthodox Jew, right? Uh, but uh, like you know Jonathan Sachs has is an interesting thinker and commentator and certainly has had like um uh has had a, a kind of the type of cultural influence where he would be worthy of this award the award was for basically like doing theology in the public sphere in an influential yeah. way and so th- that for the seminary you know an orthodox jewish man like that fits the definition too and then tim keller got this award you know because he's obviously had a huge influence in the culture and it's not to say that we agree with everything that this person has ever said or done i, I don't agree with everything that tim keller you know thinks but his influence is undeniable and as a figure like on the conservative end of things he's certainly someone that you'd want to emulate like like that you would lift up as a wonderful exemplar uh, of that stream of christianity and like the seminary treated him very shamefully shamefully uh just what did in, they, do? they like gave him he got this award and then there was a bit of a kerfuffle on campus about it um it just i mean because like the pca is not well, one of the things is they don't like ordain women uh to ministry and so um like the you know, you may have heard of the Roman Catholic Church, also yes. doesn't do that, or the uh, or the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church. You know, the vast majority of world Christians, which like I don't agree with that position, but uh, I don't think you're anathema if you hold to it. And you can just say like I don't agree with you on that. Um, but to deny his public influence because of that, or say that somehow it was kind of part of this cancel culture moment. I don't know what purity it was. test. Yeah, it was insane to me. And and the seminary itself has always been a. Uh, a place that has, I thought, uh, my experience there had, you know, there had been a lot of uh, diverse thought in the best possible way, um, and mm-hmm. that they weren't afraid of it. And so Princeton Seminary has always occupied 
at least kind of a center left position a, a long time ago it was probably center right but currently kind of a center left position and so within that you know you're going to get all kinds of people there and and so yeah they were given this award then it was rescinded um and it was just a, i think a failure of nerve and failure of leadership um at the top uh with all due respect, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just a failure. But anyways, he handled that situation very gracefully in terms of something that was kind of a public humiliation of him a bit, to right. be honest, to give someone a prize and then take it back. He still came. He still went. He still gave the lecture. The lecture was on, like, Leslie Newbegin, who's a British missi- missiologist. And what does he have to teach us about in doing engaging with the gospel in our own culture. It was a great lecture. It was so, there was nothing controversial about it. And he still came. He said, you know what? You don't have to give me the prize. I don't need the prize. I'll give the lecture. And so wow. here's someone who handled basically being um, like snubbed and k- kind of disgraced, you know, um, like handled it really well. He didn't care. So I have a lot, like he's a hero in that way, in that way he just comported himself and carried himself through a public controversy. Nice. Well, that's a good portrait of this man. He qualifies. I agree with you. All right. I didn't know as much about him until I heard from you. So good. I mean, I've read a few of his books, and I've certainly seen quotes and things from him. So, yeah. Uh, should we move on to mine? Yeah. What, who's your hero, Mike? Well, I I chose one. Uh, it's a little more down the line when you think of a hero. I, I went a little on the nose because I read about this guy years ago, looked into him a little more. I saw a little bit about him and... Uh, I won't name the book because I'm that would give it away who it is right away. So I'm going to say a few biographical facts about him and see if you can sort of narrow down who this might be. You probably won't know the name, but you might know he's uh, he's well known for one thing. But that's not what I'm citing him as a hero for. He was born in uh, Czechoslovakia in 1919. And then his family uh, moved to America when he was young. And uh, he, uh, the war breaks out. And this, this new immigrant family says to this guy who's right at the age, like, for sure, you're, you're joining this effort because America's been so good to us. Um, you're going you're gonna to sign up. And so he did. And uh, he went over. He... Uh, he was old for uh, for the time, and so he uh, and he became quickly experienced. And I believe he became a sergeant, and then a, a corporal. And then World War II, he went into the Pacific with the Marines. Came out of San Diego. Uh, any idea who this guy might be? He's going to the Pacific. Okay. Very very well known. Very well known person, not a well known name. Uh, he's not like the the like guy who survived like uh, like and then he went to USC and uh, Billy Graham evangelized this guy like uh, that. No, no, no. I know who you're thinking of. That's the. Are you talking about the guy who uh, uh, was stranded on the lifeboat? Yes, the guy yeah, stranded yeah. on the lifeboat. No, okay. I think okay. he's more well known, and I forget his name, but Bridget read his book. Uh, no, this guy uh, was on Iwo Jima. And he did was one of the men who raised the flag on Iwo Jima at a very, very trying time in American history. People were very despairing. There was not a lot of good news, especially out of the Pacific. Both fronts not going well. America needed a win. This guy accidentally 
ended up being a guy who raised this flag at Iwo Jima and the famous... Iconic, I mean, you know. The, that was then thought to be almost immediately, pretty much the same day it was filed, um, the guy who took the picture did some posed pictures and uh, and sent them... Uh, you could send them by fax, basically, oh, through wow. these wires yeah. back then. And it, this facsimile would come out and... And uh, they said they walked into the, he walked in like weeks later or something. And they said, was that photo staged? And he was thinking of the photos that he did stage after he did this flag raising one. And he goes, well, yeah, because they were all standing there with arms around each other. And so that got out. But no, this real first raising uh, was them putting this very heavy pipe with a flag on it so that this aircraft carrier out in the, that's what the, the, the commander of this aircraft carrier ordered, like we're taking Mount Suribachi. Okay. But that's what he's famous for. But before that, um, there were many, many islands. He was on all the islands as they got to Iwo Jima. As they were coming up, they were taking heavy losses. He was at 25 years old, one of the oldest guys. And pretty much every guy who was under him said, this guy is like, you know, John Wayne wasn't really John Wayne yet, but like this guy was John Wayne. They, they, they all said he was amazing. He just knew how to command men. He, uh, he was fearless and, uh, he apparently he knew that he was not going to survive the war. He would just like sit and smoke cigarettes and go, I'm not getting out of this kid. <laughs> He's 25 and they were all kids, but one of his most famous acts. So they get to Iwo Jima. They had bombed the island, Mount Suribachi, for weeks. They were told, you just go in there. It's basically mop up. But they go and they realize that the Japanese had been dug in forever. They basically, not a single casualty. They all had these pre-sighted machine guns right where they were landing on the beach. And guys were just getting, like, absolutely destroyed. 50 caliber guns, like, people just being torn in half. Yeah. So they're all cowering on the beach and they realize there's no place for us to go. They can't go back out. They can't retreat. They're just stuck there. They're going to die. And there's multiple people who remember that the, uh, at that moment, they see a guy standing up, pouring sand out of his boot as the shots are just exploding all around him. And he goes, we can't stay here, obscenity. Like, yeah. let's get up that hill. And they all just went, we can? And they all stood up in one wave. And that day they captured Mount Suribachi. And uh, he never got off the island. He died then after that. But he he just left like hundreds of people remembering, oh, that's the guy who would, st- you know, stand in the middle of battle or whatever. And he ended up being killed by friendly fire. Oh, but, wow. Uh, Jeez. Um, yeah, exactly when he said he was. He's like, I'm not getting off of, yeah. of, uh, of this island. And who he was this person? This man was named uh, Michael Strank. They cha- they Americanized their name when they moved to uh, the United States, and uh, so anyway, it's just a, a a classic story of a someone who you know he and his family just doing the right thing, mm-hmm. but then to be able to just how did he know that? How did he have that courage, grit, and courage? Yeah. And go- so you know, mine is pretty straight ahead. That that guy's a hero because he actually was. Like multiple people reported after the of survivors of that Pacific campaign that. There was just this dude who is the guy. He's, he's you know, John Wayne for real. So um, that's that's it. Michael Strank, I salute you. Salute you, hero Michael Strank. Yeah, an amazing guy. Wow. I had no idea who that was. So thank you, Mike. Yeah. I reserve the right to talk about who my other actual <laughs> hero was. If you actually can remember who this is. <laughs> well, folks, uh, hopefully this is stimulated for you. You know, who your, uh, you know, who your hero is or uh, or might be. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a, you know, a useful exercise, certainly in thinking like, what is it, you know, what is it that we admire in other human beings and what do we aspire to and what kind of impact, um, does a hero, you know, does a hero make what, what, what makes a hero in our eyes is yeah. Very, very telling, as you said about our perspective, our, our worldview, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a, it's a, a delightful exercise. There are uh, minor heroes like the people who put sardines into those fish tins. Like, Not all heroes, heroes wear capes, <laughs> right. as they say, Mike. Uh, so with that, we'll take a little break, and then uh, I'm going to put the pastor up against a, a hero quiz. Oh, boy. Uh, and I had be, my suspicions this was coming. This will be <laughs> right after this. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Like Trees Walking. Hey friends, you know who the real heroes of Like Trees Walking are? You, the listener. Why? Because you have the courage, the bravery, the long-suffering, the fortitude to listen to Mike and I, uh, you know, Mike and I's, listen to me say that kind of stuff, uh, uh, that kind of grammar, violations against grammar, uh, verbal fillers. Uh, you listen to that each and every week, my mouth noises. Gosh, you're the best people in the world. You're, you're the real heroes. And so could you do something heroic, though, brave and courageous? Could you rate us and review us? Um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are found. Uh, you know, if someone is out there saying, hey, as one often does, I'm looking for a podcast because, you know, while there is much volume and, and quantity in the podcast world, there's a specific quality that, that makes this one what it is. And so if you want to share that with someone who you think would enjoy this, uh, you know, the inane ramblings of Pastor Dave and the uh, punctuations of insight by Michael J. Nelson, um, please, please, please share it with them. And so, let's go back to the show. Uh, more of what you've expect, ex- you've come to expect uh, from this uh, little podcast that we make here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. All right, and we are back. Mike, there's just something I want to share with the audience. Yes. What is that? Well, she smells like summer and looks like rain, and sometimes you might say she's on a plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ugh. You can literally make up any lyrics to uh, Drops of Jupiter. What are the real lyrics? I I forget. It's Betsy's back in the atmosphere. (laughs) Scooba-dooba-dooba-dooba. Some garbage. I mean, just literally, we should go through. We actually, hold on, folks. Don't worry. In a future episode, we need to save this department. Okay. We are going to exegete the song Drops of Jupiter. Oh. Unless we look into it too close and it looks boring. But I think we should get back to it. I I have a friend who sincerely, at least it's hard to tell with some people, you know, (laughs) but he's been, it's either the long con or whatever. At a certain point, it doesn't matter because it's been 20 years that he will crank Neil Diamond whenever we're together. It's like, oh, so good. So good like you with crackers where you just can't believe that you could be serious about okay. this. oh gosh but i told him once i said every neil diamond song you can march around the room like a toddler or like a third grader you know with your class they all have the exact same rhythm he's like that's not true it's very complex and i just said you come back to me just without the song. song yeah and we went through just dozens and he started laughing like well it is true but he's like that's what every song is i'm not no it's not there's different rhythms to you know money talks yeah but it can't sing, sing and dance and it can they're what about coming sweet caroline to america sweet caroline march dun, march dun, march dun. Yeah, okay. every song anyway that kind of spoiled it for him he still claims that he's the greatest ever, but I, I put that little stone is he in his Canadian, shoe. Canadian Neil Diamond? Mm, I don't know. I thought he was American. I thought he was a New Yorker. 
Tin Pan Alley days back in the 60s, writing songs. If he's Canadian, that's a double strike against him. I'm kidding, our Canadian we neighbors. We love our Canadian neighbors. America's hat. Um, <laughs> all right, so we have a quiz for you. Yes. David, are you looking up? Uh, I'm looking up Neil Diamond. Just, I'm sure he's not Canadian, but I want to know, like, why am I thinking? Are you thinking of William Shatner? He's Canadian. There's so many of them who are Canadian. Well, I'm Jewish and Canadian. I was just, so we got they dominate. They, Shatner and, yes. and maybe he, Neil Diamond. I thought he was he's, Brooklyn. He's Jewish, right? Yeah, for sure. And he's a great, you know, muscle. He's a mensch, Neil. Diamond. He's a mensch. Yeah, yeah. He's a real mensch. Um, he, no, he's American. God darn it. He wrote uh, Brooklyn. Did he write Last Train to Clarksville, or did he write Pleasant Valley Sunday? I know he wrote Red Red Wine. Uh, you be no, you know, he yeah. wrote a reggae tune. You should hear his version. Of it. wanna, it's I because I think of UB40 going, you know, red, red wine. We'll, we'll go out with it. We can. always just harbored a, a secret hatred of UB40. Just I don't. I think that's fair. I don't think that like, anyone's like. I mean, like just there's in. It's just prejudice. Like just the guy, the lead singer. I've always. I haven't liked like his vibe. Sure, sure. That, you know, that's fair enough. It, Look, but it's probably just anti redhead bias, and I and I, that is a. Failing. What about uh, Simply Red? What about that guy? Is Nick? he the same person? I'm holding back the years. Yes. No, Simply Red, that was the kind of person where you like turned on MTV when, you know, you were my age, like 12, and you're like, why is, you're like, why is this person on here? He's a huge show star. Me some, you're like, show me still, someone cool. Still a huge star over in, uh, in the UK. Yeah, for years. Since, the UK. The yeah. UK has, you know, they've given us some great, they gave us the Fab Four, but they've also... Those lads from Liverpool. They've also Im- exported some garbage. Sure. Well, America has No, well, America has sure gold. That's all we've spread around the world. Look, speaking of garbage, it's time to do your quiz, which is uh, superhero alter egos. Whoa. Clark Kent. Uh, hang Peter on. Pun. Okay. Hang on. Uh, it does. I think it'll progressively I'm harder. Not, so. I'm going to get it's my ignorance is going to be exposed. So if you're very sighing quickly. at home, don't worry. It does get a little harder. It starts off pretty easy. A uh, Bruce Wayne. Well, that. Oh, 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 oh. See, oh, I like this much better than like, here's the superhero name there. Also. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no. That is, uh, of course, the Batman. Uh, Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner is uh, that. Oh, my gosh. Is that uh, the Hulk? The Incredible Hulk? It's not letting me input the actual. Uh, Michael J. Nelson. Come on. Let me just, just give me one second. Uh, vamp. Vamp on well, the radio. Uh, oh, this is so hard. I, this is not my skill set. What? At all. I've never, you know. How about that? Uh, how about those twins? You know, they're oh, just looking. It's not putting them. But look, it's not going to matter. because It won't I'll, matter, Mike. I'll look them up. Yes. It's uh, okay. Uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Batman. Bruce Banner, the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Peter Parker. The Spider-Man. Clark Kent. Superman. Diana Prince. Wonder Woman. Tony Stark. Iron Man. Steve Rogers. Ooh, okay. This is, I gotta think. Is that uh, Captain America? Uh, Steve Rogers. This is so bizarre. I have to look it up. I think that's right. Uh, Steve Rogers is, uh, yeah. Captain, Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Reed Richards. I know this one only because we did one of the movies. Is this? Uh, is this? Is this? Uh, is this Robin? No. No, Mister no. Fantastic. And how did I? Like, no, no. Robin is. Um, I will recognize Robin's alter you if it ever came up. Uh, Dick. Uh, Dick something. 
Dick Lane or something like that. Hey, don't get ahead of it. Uh, James Howlett. James Howlett? Oh, wow. Uh, I have no idea at all. Uh, James Howlett is Wolverine. Okay. Clint Barton. This is fake. No, this is, I mean, this is a um, legitimate quiz. Uh, Cyclops. No, that is Hawkeye. Uh. Hal Jordan. <laughs> I swear, this is a mainstream. <laughs> Everybody knows this. We're the only ones. Hal Jordan, uh, a Shazam. Uh, Hal Jordan is Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. Yeah, Dick Lane, according to me. That is, of course, Robin. Billy Batson. <sighs> this one I feel like I should know. But I have no idea. Billy Batson is Captain Marvel. Ah, <laughs> Can't say I've ever read a Captain Marvel comic, or if you could show me a picture of Captain Marvel, I wouldn't know who it was. Um, this I have no clues other than either Jean Grey or Jean Grey. I don't know. Jean Grey is okay. This gets us in the X Men universe. Oh, okay. I okay, think so we already had an X Men. I'm very familiar with this. Is is that um, Raven? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I'm going to take my own guess. Is that Storm? Storm. That sounds like it could be Storm. Jean Grey is uh, an alias is Marvel Girl. It's not telling me. Yeah, I thought Jean Grey was just the name of the character. Jean Grey is a superhero. She's known Marvel Girl, Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Okay. Whatever. Wow. That is, that's weird. Whatever. Barbara Gordon. Is that Commissioner Gordon's daughter? <laughs> I don't is that uh, Batgirl? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that has to be, isn't it? Barbara Gordon. Yeah, that must be. Batgirl. Yes. yes. Okay. See? Stupid that's broken pro- quiz. Process of a little bit. Charles Xavier. Oh, that's Professor Xavier, Professor X from the Okay. From the X-Men. I'll take your word. Barbara Allen. Oh, Barbara Allen. Wow. Don't know at all. Spider Woman. Barbara Allen. Did I say it wrong? Is it Barbara Allen? You said Barbara Allen. Oh my god. Barry Allen. <laughs> Sorry, I was on the other page who's already. Barry, who's Barry Allen? Barry Allen. Oh, I have no idea. Neil Diamond Man. All right, so we're just, you know, you don't. Oh, that's Flash. Oh. Flash. Oh, savior of the universe. Do you know that? No. Queen song? No. That's the title song for Flash Gordon. Oh. Queen does the soundtrack. You're not impressed by this. That's you should cool. be very impressed. It's really cool. With my... <laughs> Freddie Mercury impression. That's really cool. Scott Summers. Boy, that's a, oh, gosh. That's a loser Sc- of a name. Scott Summers is. I mean, not if you're a human being, but I'm for a superhero. Scott Summers is the uh, is the Cyclops man. Yeah, I just gave it away to him. Matt Murdock. Oh. Doesn't he own Fox News? <laughs> that's what they're fighting over, the uh, Rupert Murdoch empire. Uh, that is, I have no idea who that is. Daredevil. Oh, okay. Wade Wilson. For, well, he was a hero quarterback of the quarterback. Minnesota Vikings, so that's it. Yep, he is a hero. Wade Wilson is, oh, it went to the football player. Um, Marvel, he is, uh, it just says he's Wade Wilson. Well, the, what kind of quiz oh, is Oh, he's, uh, who's the wisecracking one? Uh, Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool. I haven't watched any Deadpool. Kara or they break Kara the Danvers? Wall. I have no idea. Cara Danvers. No idea. Okay, I'm looking that up. Good luck at home. Cara Danvers is Supergirl. Supergirl. Mm. So you're about 60%? Yeah, it's rapidly diminishing. Wow. Is there any more questions? No, that's it. We're done. That was hard. It was super hard. I thought, you know, I got... Could you, if I named them now quickly, could you do it? 
Cara, no. Cara Danvers? Back, oh, Supergirl. Wade Wilson? Uh, uh, Deadpool. Matt Murdock? Uh, uh, Cyclops. Scott Summers? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I missed one. I did miss one. Oreo Monroe. Oreo Monroe? Ororo Monroe? I'm, I'm a little cons- I'm not going to answer this. Or Ororo Monroe. Ororo Monroe? Aurora Monroe. I don't know. Sandman. Uh, thing. No, the thing. He's the thing. Storm. Okay. All right. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. That was a failure on our part. horrible quiz. I feel pretty proud of having failed that terribly. Billy Batson. Yeah. Who is Billy Batson? I don't remember. <laughs> who is James Howlett? <laughs> I guess I was he Wolverine? No. That was... I thought Wolverine was... Someone else. Who's Clint Barton? Oh my I God. don't know. <laughs> Sorry. You literally could be just reading a list of names. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, wow. We do not know. Clint Barton is. We know so little about heroes. These, cause these are the real heroes. Real yeah. heroes wear capes. They do. Or, wow. Just a unitard. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm sorry for our failure. We are clearly never going to be your heroes, but, uh, you know, toss it around at the old dinner table. Do people still sit around dinner tables? Uh, my family still sits around at a dinner table. Do your kids have to say, please excuse me, before they get up and leave uh, the table? They have to ask to be excused from yes. the table. Okay. Yes, Good. they do. That's a great tradition. <laughs> my parents were just, that was so strict. Oh, yeah. No, Once you... my, my brother was uh, surreptitiously reading a comic book, speaking of, at the dinner table, I, I mean, I thought he was dead like my dad that was just like violating sacred time of the dinner table yeah no we uh no tv talk at the dinner oh, sure. table no tv talk. no screens of course of course no screens yeah i mean but yeah when i was young to have a screen at the dinner table you'd have to have it you have to roll in the, the yes the, the huge cards <laughs> although you know truly more families watched did like tv dinners and like ate in front of the tv probably back in like the 60s than they do now i was the guest of a uh, very well-to-do family when i was doing a, a project writing a script and they let me stay at their estate mm-hmm. it was truly a, an estate and people came and went their family came in it was sort of an open door they lived close to their family and there was a tv blaring uh, cnn fox news or something constantly at all times <laughs> as i like tried to work was it and just interact like white with noise these, to them it was just they did not pay it any heed whatsoever and i just nearly went i nearly went bananas like it was not shut off and it was quite loud and i it just struck me as you that is so different from my my experience of a family and uh you know how we had it in our house well the in the words of a television theme song you know the world don't move to the beat of just one drum what, what might, might be, be right, right for, for me you, it might not be right for some hmm. a man was born a, a man of means he's something but they got nothing but their genes yeah or, but they got different strokes different, different written by the late great alan thick oh, the great alan that we covered his his canon yes before his and did we talk canon. about the, that show in particular the very special episodes on there no we did not talk oh about my. the very special episodes <laughs> that on. might be worth a, a department <laughs> those are disturbing anyway <laughs> right <laughs> So we've got Jobs of Jupiter to cover, a different stroke special episodes, and we're going to go out on a song. What was the song we were going to go out on? You're like, no, we'll go out to that one. Uh, oh, the Red Red Wine by, yeah. by the late, great Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond's Red no, Red he's Wine. He's still alive. 
Oh, God bless you, Neil. <laughs> yeah, he's, Mazel tov. Lahayim, <laughs> Neil. My gosh. <laughs> All right, this is uh, Like Trees Walking. We'll be back for another episode. And now, enjoy Neil Diamond. Red, red, why?